Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, guys, welcome in. Post-game show, Sherrod Blakely, live from the garden, in the press room, I believe. Uh, Celtics Mm -hmm. just beat the Knicks. Um... To go back to 500, yay! This is a fun ride. Um, <laughs> Nick, everyone's got problems. Everyone's got roster issues. Uh, Knicks are so depleted. They had to play Kevin Walker. Oh, my Oh my God, the horror. And Kemba had a great game. Uh, somebody tweeted something I thought super funny, like, per, like really spot on. Uh, Kemba, this was the Kemba revenge game against both teams, which I think is appropriate because – He's been a DNPCD for I don't know how long. Thibodeau won't play him. Dusts him off. He comes out, puts a 30-burger on the Celtics. Uh, not enough. Celtics win 114-107. And what became uh, the Rich and Pritch show? Josh Richardson, Peyton Pritchard, off the bench, massive contributions. Celtics, again, no Romeo. Uh, you know Al is out. You know Grant is out. Uh, I mean, they signed a guy and suited up today um and this was a pretty good effort on a back-to-back at home you know all things considered yeah i mean you you got to feel good about the fact that you got the win but i just thought that there were too many stretches where they got back into some bad habits there was a little too much iso basketball i love what we saw against milwaukee where the ball movement was spectacular did not see them that crisp but again at where they're at in the season Getting wins is what it's about. Just finding ways to get wins, and they did that. And, and again, as you pointed out earlier, uh, Kemba was very vintage Kemba out there, uh, and they were able to withstand that and come out with the victory. So, all, all things considered, this was a good this was a good night for the Celtics. Okay, people are saying this was a horrible win. Um, There's no such thing when you're a 500 team. You're a 500 team. You're playing in a back to back. And you're down a bunch of players. Uh, and the Knicks were better than you last year. And, yes, the Knicks are a train wreck right now, 100%. Um, and so if you want to feel better about yourself as a Celtics fan, follow along with what's going on in New York. Absolutely. That's great. But this worked. This guy, You got what you needed out of tonight. Um, and, yes, they blew a lead. And... Ime justifiably. I mean, that's a, that, that, I mean, they vaporized a 15 point lead in like two minutes in the third quarter. And this looked like one of those games that was going to drive you nuts. Um, but it turned out, you know, they, they turned it back on and that's what you want to see. You have that lapse. Can you turn the jets back on? You don't want to see it, but they did it. Uh, Bobby Manning's trying to get himself settled in here to go. Um, and they win and we'll take it at this point. Um you know, and this was the uh, the Bobby Manning. This is the Kemba Walker audition for uh, for Bobby Manning's trade. <laughs> I, I just like like I said before, I, I 
I like the fact that they found a way to win. Uh, this yeah. was a game that we've seen them lose so many times this year. Uh, yeah. But they were able to, to make the plays they needed to make when they needed to make them. But like I said earlier, the, the thing I did not like was that it felt that this was so way too much ISO basketball. Uh, the, the, the ball movement wasn't nearly as crisp. Uh, I saw there were too many stretches where I saw Jason Tatum in the game and Jalen Brown on a bench and vice versa. I don't like seeing that. Uh, I like to see them playing more together. And obviously, Jalen, they're, they're being careful with the back-to-back and his hamstring. I totally get that. But there's just some bad habits that this team is still guilty of that I thought propped themselves up in this game. And if it were a better team, they would probably have not won this game. But to their credit, they did exactly what they needed to do to beat a team that they should have beat. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Manning, we'll bring you in. Where do you want to start? You want to start with Kemba or you want to start with Jay Rich? I'll start with Richardson. We we haven't talked a ton about him this year, but it's it's become a sensational season, a great move that they put together, bringing him in here and making him such a sure thing off the bench. And making me forget about Evan Fournier, even with the performance that Fournier had here, it made it tough to forget Fournier. But Did you just say I thought Richardson was Fournier? better. That was your yeah. guy. That I think I, I think I decided somewhere in the first half that that's it. I was probably wrong wow. about Fournier. Done. Bobby's pulling the plug on that. Wow. Yeah, he's been so bad for the Knicks, and he comes out huge here. But I can't get over how he ended this game, falling on his ankle, rolling around, forcing Kemba to do that take foul that knocked him out of it, and then just getting up and finishing it out. Uh, that was just such a blunder by the Knicks there. But on Richardson. He saved this game. I mean, this would have been a monumental collapse. Uh, This would have been one of the worst losses in recent memory for the Celtics, the way this game went in the first half. And he was on the ball in the fourth, doing something that he hasn't done a ton this year in terms of creating, moving inside out, uh, passing, and then finding open spaces for himself and shooting so well. We, I think we all rolled our eyes when Brad and Ime said we think he can get back to being the shooter that he was in Miami because it seemed like such an anomaly to start his career, the things he was doing down there. Stroke looks pure. We didn't love it early, John. We were talking about how awkward and hitched it looked early this season, and now he's just hitting everything. Well, they dared him to shoot all game. They it's let him. Uh, yeah, they let him. They, yeah. they wanted him to shoot it, and he did, and he, and he made him pay. But it's that. It's the mid-range. He's still – you know what it is with Richardson, though? Um, confident. He's, he's confident to take those shots. Yeah, he um, finds his spots. And with a lot of things, those, those back-to-back uh, in the first half, those drives with the scoop with the right and then the scoop with the left, you know, like that's a confident scorer's move uh, that he made in each of those uh, uh, situations. And you're right. He gets jab Steph gets to a spot, gets to the elbow, confident to pull up and take that mid-range. So he's doing it with a scorer's mentality. It's not just a guy where the bucket, where, okay, a few fell. And right now, you're right. There's a level of consistency here where it's not surprising when it goes in. It's not an anomaly. It's not a fluke. Um, He is playing you know, confident offensive basketball, albeit in a limited role. Um, He's not, you know, this is the most he's, This has to be season-high field goal attempts for him, and it's still only 14, you know? So, um, you know, he's just been – he's been pretty solid of late, you know, hitting double figures in most games. uh, You know, you got to like what you see here off the bench. I mean, this – if the team is healthy, being able to count on Richardson to to do this sort of stuff is – we're looking 27, too. Tw- 27, 15, 17, 11, 5. That was in the blowout against Portland. 11, 7, 18, 6, 15, 11. So he's stringing together a lot of, uh, you know, double-digit 
you know, performances here uh, on limited, you know, uh, limited opportunities. So, uh, you know, good for him, good on him, and obviously bodes well if he can kind of keep it going. I'm thinking too. Yeah. Great thing yeah, that and, they and, and that's him, the, right? That's yeah, he's doing good. Trade him. <laughs> well, it increases his value there, and then if you want to keep him, he's, he's great. Around again next who year. Wants, he's not another guy walking him? out the door. No, that's fine. Go ahead, Sherrod. No, I was just going to say that the, the one thing that, that he is really, I think, doing exceptionally well is he's figuring out what the game needs from him. Uh, you, you don't see him out there trying to force the action. You don't see him trying to do things that are outside of his skill set. He's not a great three-point shooter, but if you leave him wide open, he has every reason to take that shot. In his mid-range game, and we, I know we've talked about it before, but that to me has been the biggest revelation about his entire game, the fact that he can knock that shot down with such consistency. That has been by far the most consistent part of his game all season long, which we none of us really had a sense he could knock that shot down with this kind of consistency because he hadn't done it before. Yeah, he's scoring on all three levels, it, really. He's getting to the rim. He's finding his spot in between, which is good. Ime gives him the leniency to get that shot off, and he makes good use of it. I love when he drew two free throws on it on the fourth, and another shot from about 18, 20 feet, and the stretch here, four or four in the fourth. He couldn't miss. He just got to his spots again and again. And he is a guy who moves. There aren't many of them on this team. I saw it again here, and we'll get to Tatum later. Just a disaster of ball handling from all three lead facilitators on this team in this one. <laughs> Richardson had to just grab the ball from them late, yeah, get to I his know. spots, get the ball swinging a little bit, and fix the offense. That third was a debacle offensively for this team. I, just no one could step up to the plate and make plays on the ball. And Richardson, who hasn't had to do it all year, stepped up and got it done. There was a real nice sequence where he got to Neesmith. Neesmith got inside to Cantor, who got trapped. And I think Richardson reset himself in the left corner there for a three. That's about as good a movement as you got in all the second half. Yeah, he, he had a lot of stretches at both ends of the floor that he was able to string together. And he had the one where he knocked down a shot, goes back on defense, gets a steal, st help, help start the transition, and then he finds an open teammate, you know, for a basket. Little things like that may not seem like they're huge, but when you're trying to build something like the Celtics are, you need players like him doing those type of things with some kind of consistency. So to your question, yeah. to your point, John, now's the time to trade him. Yeah, now's the time. Sell high. Always do that. Sell high after a game like this. Uh, no, it's good stuff. Um, but the uh, you're right with the uh, the just the sloppiness with the ball handling. I mean, Jalen. Obviously, it's rust. This looks like a guy who you know hasn't played a lot of basketball. Um, you know, definitely sloppy. Tatum was kind of slinging the ball all over the place. Uh, Tatum, you know, back into you know, Tatum settling. It's the settling from those two, and you're right. Richardson saved them. Like your two stars on the back end of a back-to-back, -back, friggin' jacked twenty-six threes between them. You know, um, that's not what you want to see. Uh, that is, those are the games you. That, that's the classic back-to-back -back sort of offense, too, right? Where it's like, ah, let's jack a few of these and see if they go in, and if it does, great, we're gonna win. And if not, well, I guess it wasn't our night. Let's pack it in. Um, and that's kind of where it felt like it was. You know, it could have gone, but, you know, they took that lead early and then they stretched it out. And, um, again, it's just 
you don't get what you get from Richardson and Pritchard tonight. Um, it could have gone, it could have gone badly. Bobby, you've been waiting on Pritchard, so I'll let you talk about it. Um, because you know, he can score. We've seen it before, but all season long, he just hasn't looked like himself. What was different tonight? He had time to develop the rhythm, and you've talked a lot about that, just having the space out there to work yeah. through some early struggles, and he did. He did he was having that same lost in the shuffle look on the ball in that first half. Got a couple shots to go downhill against Kemba there. He was able to beat Kemba off the dribble, which helped. I think that helped everybody in that first half. And got a few shots to go around the basket. That opened himself out from the perimeter area there. And that was pretty much the game for him through half, 13 in the first half. He didn't do a ton in the second half. In fact, I thought he was a detriment trying to sneak those passes into freedom there by Mitchell Robinson. The facilitating for him still has a long ways to go, but the shot came back. I didn't know where it went. I tweeted in the first. I was like, this guy just forgot how to shoot, and then they started raining down, of course. I hope it's here to stay because they're going to need him over the next week or so here to fill in those guard minutes if Schroeder's still sick and misses another game on Monday. That'll be an even tougher matchup for him. But right now, I'm just still – I'm still kind of – mild on him you know like he's it's great he's hitting shots but i don't think he's overall playing that well right now well yeah. I, I think he i think he benefited from what you just touched on and that is kimball walker uh mm -hmm. kimball walker and i love kimball walker i think most of us love kimball walker but he can't defend uh he, he's just a horrible defender and pritchard did what you're supposed to do you attack guys who you know with their weaknesses and he i thought he did that consistently i thought they as a team made a, a concerted effort to go at Kimball when opportunities were there and it paid off. I mean, or, I mean, let, let's just look at the one stat that, you know, we don't talk a lot about, but personal fouls, only yep. one guy fouled out of this game. That was Kimball Walker. And they came pretty close to following out Fournier too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Two former Celtics who have the, who defense is not their forte. Uh, I think it's, it's fair to say. No. Nope. So, so again, it's it's hard for me to get too excited about Pritchard's game, other than the fact that he did a great job of knocking down. He's the alive. That we know That's what we're happy make. about. He's alive. Yeah. Look, you're yeah. not going to count on big minutes. You just want to be able to get him in there and have him hit some shots. You want it, like I said, the the people that can't be regular rotation players have to be specialists when they come in the game and do the thing that they do. You know. Yeah. And so for Pritchard, and you know, theoretically for Neesmith, though it doesn't work because he can't actually shoot. Um, they're supposed to come down and knock down shots. Other guys come in for defense. Cantor comes in for rebounding and, you know, uh, a little bit of offense. And when they don't contribute the thing that they specialize in, their minutes hurt you because they're usually not well-rounded. And, you know, you, we know this. Uh, you're always rolling the dice a little bit with these types of players, and it's usually why they're not starters because they are somewhat limited in what they can do. So, Pritchard, that's what you want. Come in off the bench, knock down some shots. If you get this in 10 and 12 minutes uh, a night from him, great. I mean, not exactly this. This was uh, an excellent effort. But that's what you want to see. But there's been times he comes out there and he's just – he does nothing. That's the worst thing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, 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 has a tendency, he has a tendency to just kind of disappear when he's out there. And you, he, when you know that your minutes are going to be limited the way, the way his are, you can't let that happen. You've got to make an impact. I, you know, to me, the, the great example tonight was, was Josh Richardson. I mean, Josh, you know, he wound up playing, you know, over 30 minutes. I guarantee you, Josh Richardson playing more than 30 minutes was not an image plan tonight. But Josh made plays, made shots at both ends of the floor, and thus he got a little bit more room to be out there. And Pritchard, if he wants to ex 
have his role expand, he has to do what he's in the NBA to do, which is to knock down open shots. Hey, yeah. I'm, I'm not foreseeing that. I think I'm kind of off the pressure train a little bit this year. Again, I wasn't all that impressed by anything he did in this one. He just went out and hit a couple jumpers, open ones. That's what he should be doing. That's what Neesmith should be doing for this team when they get in there. Richardson, I'm, I'm more than okay with him taking a bigger role here. I don't know if it's starting. I don't know if it's more lead ball. Well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I, I, I still like him want. I still want to see Romeo kind of be that guy because I liked what we were getting there. Uh, I I'm, I don't want to belittle injuries because you don't know the severity of it. But like I I don't know, man. You know, it's just like you, you, some people just you needed bodies tonight. Some people aren't built for this life you know um and it, it you know it, it's it's beyond look you twist ankles it and was you do pain things. tolerance he may said it, it was it was it's pain a pain tolerance, tolerance thing I, I, so it's one thing where you have freakish things where you keep like you know twisting ankles and things happen to you this is friggin' pain tolerance he should have played last night he should probably have played tonight so uh, let's 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 pull it together man you gotta you gotta toughen up but I, I hate to go look. I, there's a lot of people in the chat already negative just simply because they thought it was a bad win because they blew a big lead and you know they were playing sloppy and the effort was whatever. But I do have to point out again, this was awful. Neesmith, you yeah. you give him a shot here in that starting lineup, and then last night he missed. We we talked about it a little. He didn't knock down all of the open looks that were given to him, um, but he did do some things with his opportunity and tonight what did he do he was like stealing rebounds from his own teammates you know like that he was he was trying to win those hustle points sort of things but i mean how many times did he snatch a rebound out of one of his teammates hands like a couple so great he gets the seven rebound number uh, but again no offense at all and every time he gets a good look and people create for him he's missing that open shot these are not contested shots and he's missing them and at a certain point, you're going to have to say, this guy might not be the shooter we thought he was. The team, you know? the team is calling him Crash Bandicoot. I see that in the chat there. And <laughs> that is so not the nickname. That's not a nickname you want if you're a shooter. No. It's like it's no. nothing to do with rain. Right. You want to be called Splash. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Something to do right. with water, right? right. Not, a, <laughs> not a crazy video game character who's out of control. <laughs> yeah. It's bad, oh, man. Oh, my God. All right, the Garden Report postgame show, as always, is brought to you by our exclusive wagering partner, Bet Online. Just go to betonline.ag, use the code CLNS50 for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. We've got it all going right now. You got basketball, hockey, NFL yeah. football, NCAA football, horses, MMA, golf. Is there still golf? If there isn't, there there's, will be. There's soon. still there's always golf. golf going there's on. always some yeah. kind of golf. Props, live betting, all kinds of weird stuff. Out, outside of the sports realm, anything you want to, you know, place a bet on. Yep. BetOnline's got it. BetOnline.ag. Code CLNS50. 50% welcome bonus. Go check it out right now. And as always, make sure to gamble responsibly. Smart. Smart comes in with the black eye yesterday. The fresh. He's like, that. that's Crash Bandicoot. I didn't even see that yesterday where Neesmith crashed into Smart. But I did see Smart's eye, like, jam close. <laughs> Whatever happened there. Listen, I like the draft pick. I did. I think we all did. The The pedigree was there out of college. And I think we'll see a lot of people in the chat talking about, oh, he only did it in a handful of games. He had two good seasons at Vanderbilt. You know, not phenomenal, the 50% shooting that a lot of people pointed to in that last year he had there. But 
he struggled from three early the first year. He was a great rebounder, which we're still seeing here now. Found other ways to score, and then he really lit it up for a stretch of games in that second season there where he was playing. You do just wonder if it was too small of a sample size, and I did say this on draft night against a bad conference. The SEC was a disaster that year. And you're taking in a guy who didn't have a mass. He had a little bit of a volume of three-point shooting, but not this massive volume that you could have hung your hat on in terms of calling him the best shooter in the draft, which clearly was not true. Uh, he might redeem himself and become a decent shooter down the line. He certainly did it late last year, 40% or so. But he's not the best shooter in the draft, like a lot of people said he was. And frankly, for 14, with the guys that went after him, I don't know what you say, Sherrod, like bust this or that. I don't know what the exact word is, but it wasn't the I, wisest guy to pick at 14. Well, I, I think the, the book is still open. The narrative hasn't been fully written about what Neesmith is going to do. Because, you know, I mean, think about it. We had a guy by the name of Grant Williams, who looked like he may be one of the worst long-range shooters in NBA history. And now, lo and behold, he's a 50-40-90 candidate shooting better than 40% from, and there's, to me, I wouldn't compare them though. There's no doubt. Well, what I'm comparing is the fact that one guy went from being a point shooting threat to a pretty good one. And in Neesmith, I think you've got a much better foundation to work with for him to become a better shooter. So that's why I'm not ready to just kind of throw in a towel on him as a, as a good long range shooter, because it's still early in his career. What's the numbers on his career so far, John? Like 36-ish, I'm guessing? Maybe lower. That's probably the max. For Grant? No, for Neesmith. Uh, I'll look it up for you, but could, the uh, it's... Could, uh, could be even lower than that. Mid from, to thir- it's, it's around uh, mid-30. From three? No, for, yeah. for Neesmith. From three. From three. Yep. Neesmith from yeah. three is 33% in his career. He's only 25% this year. He, he shot 37% last year. He's 14 for 55 this year. Not, See, counting, so not counting tonight, I don't think, so it's lower. Um, so it's even worse than I thought it was. And he was bad in the playoffs last year, too. Again, he's only a year into his career. But you are seeing teams. Uh, Jalen Smith with the Suns, Tyrell Terry with the Mavs. Like, teams have here, they are starting to give up on some of these guys. I'm not saying give up on Neesmith. In fact, I wrote going into this one, I was pretty excited seeing him join the starting lineup just because of the style that they could play with with him out there. And he was good yesterday. Thought he played a good game with some mixed results throughout. Got up good after fouling mm-hmm. too much in the first half. And you'd rather see a guy grabbing seven That's rebounds what's than so doing strange. nothing. You, right? I, I, so. Yes and no. You make that point. What's so funny is like everyone talks about Grant Williams like he was good. He was great in the SEC. Two-time SEC player of the year. You know, you should have seen this coming. No one should have seen Grant Williams' three-point shooter coming. No one. Because he didn't yeah. do it. Not only did he not do it efficiently in, in Tennessee, he didn't do it at all. He, would, he attempted one three a game over his career. He, it was not a thing that he did. He reinvented himself. Um, you know, and became this guy, Neesmith, and that's supposed to be all he can do, can't do it at all. It's really perplexing, you know? It's, re- yeah. it's really strange. Grant Williams did not shoot threes, never. Just didn't do it. It's not his thing. And now he's shooting 45%. He's just, it's him and Curry, you know? That's it. And the, and the book on the other stuff with Neesmith was pretty solid. Not a ton of potential in terms of putting on the ball on the floor and going downhill. Not super athletic. Yeah, exactly. The defense is a mess. Did you see the play before half where he was just completely lost in space and Burks got Mm -hmm. to the corner? They almost got burnt on that play on top of everything else. I don't, he can't get NBA defense right now. And that's what I don't think people get in terms of him not being able to play at all. 
you can't be like looking around like this on the defensive end and Alec Burke, who's a phenomenal shooter, is in the corner wide yeah. open. That's that's just ending your night on most nights when your team isn't devastated with COVID. So I don't know like what his role is going to be when you think of how Richardson's playing with how Langford was playing when he was healthy. This guy's going to go right back to not playing at all, and I don't think you can knock Ime for it. I that's the problem is um it's uh it stinks he played so good yesterday i thought you have just went right back to nothing here you have uh it's it's damned if you if you do right you know you're you're fighting for wins and uh, i mean it's a can't win we're we talk out of both sides of our mouth with this because it's a problem without really a solution the only way these guys get better is to play uh you know uh you know sustained minutes on a nightly basis but if you do the if, yeah, if you I do mean, that, Maine you're losing it. Hard. And and right. we've been talking about Maine for so long. I don't get why Aaron Neesmith. Well, it's not an option this week. <laughs> I know, but Aaron Neesmith needs to be the focal point of an offense somewhere yeah. for a yeah. little bit of time to get into the flow and play in an environment where you're not sped up so much. He's yeah. just a spaz. He's got to slow down and just play basketball. And he can't do it here in these small stints and just the game's just moving too fast for him still. So and we've been crying for G league since last year. Like it is strange at this point, you need all the bodies you have now, but you might have to decide he's going to need about 10 games down there to kind of get himself back. Cause you know, we could use someone like him. Uh, but Right now, right now, Richard it's tough. tough. Yeah. Well, the, well, the problem with, with sending him down there is if you had someone like Romeo who you could rely on to be healthy enough to play, you could absolutely send Neesmith down there and it not be a big – but you got to keep them both around because you just never know when you're going to need that six, 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 seven wing out there to just crash the party. That's what Neesmith does. Yeah. He's just got to play more basketball. Yeah. Um because you 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 see it you see some stuff there and you're like maybe you know. Um, well, we saw it in the summer. We saw when you when you have an offense that is primarily geared around him, what he can do, and he was really good. Him and Pritchard, for that matter. So obviously, some have... different level of competition, but that doesn't change the fact that those guys had an opportunity to be in a system that was geared more around them, and they made the most of it in the summer. I am shocked that they went from looking that good to this bad. I didn't expect that. You certainly expect a drop off from what they were doing, but to not be able to play at all, like both these guys have been for this entire regular season is so disappointing. Cause Gerard, we were out there. Those were the two best guys. You could probably throw two or three other guys in that list at summer league period. They weren't just lean the Celtics to a decent run here. They were dominating teams. So here we are. I don't think they have a role on this team once they're healthy. Neesmith was is the one that surprises me the most because he was with the team for the entire duration this summer. And, and so it was a natural uh, reality that he would make that transition from success in the summer to success in the regular season. But remember, Pritchard hasn't really been the same player since he went left summer league and dropped 92 in that pro-am league and came back. He hasn't been the same dude. I mean, that's such a good point on Hauser. Hauser looks like a better shooter than him. Just looking I, at the two I'm of them. I'm confused by I'm confused how Hauser can't get a look. And again, if he's we're got talk, COVID, I know. But if we're talking in a role of specialists and your and your shooter can't shoot, bring in another guy who can shoot. You know, like I thought that was the whole point of having Sam around. Yeah, that was kind of the point. Sam's so I, taking Sam's taking nine threes a game in the G League, shooting forty three percent. That's just boom. an astounding volume. He's taking ninety threes in ten games. Yeah, do what you do. He knows why he's here. Sam is no dummy. He knows I'm I'm here to 
I'm here to be a sniper. I am, yeah. a, I, I, and that's what that's what I got to show that I can do. Yeah, and he's doing it well. Yeah. So, um, any other, uh, any other, and we're going to keep this one relatively short, but, um, any other, uh, you know, musings or, uh, you know, anything from tonight's game, uh, that stood out to you guys. And again, you know, it really was as simple as Richardson saved their butt and obviously a good first half performance from, uh, from, uh, from, uh, from Pritchard, uh, uh helped as well. Anything else you guys liked, didn't like tonight? Kind of indifferent about Rob. I mean, it's really, I kind of like this Rob game. I, I there were lots that I liked, but there were just there was just enough that I didn't like that. I just it just didn't really. Eh. So, I, what are we expecting from Rob? Like both of you, know, you. What, you what's the what expectation this right is, now? This is what I would like to see from Rob. I would like to see them actually look for him other than that damn lob. Because newsflash, every single team they're playing now is looking for him to roll, and they're dropping back to deflect it or contest it. And Rob. As great an athlete as he is, when teams know exactly what you're trying to do, it lessens the likelihood of you doing it. Uh, this isn't, you know, we're not talking about, you know, varsity versus freshman. We're talking about grown-ass men in the NBA. It's go- it's getting harder for Rob to do the things that came easy, and part of that is because they're not putting in a system where Rob can do other things to score besides catch a lob. They need to find a way to get him involved offensively other than a damn lob. He did have a catch and finish early in this one that was a step in that direction for me. But I've, I've said that too, Sherrod. Diversifying his offense is going to be yes. important. He's too predictable right now. Especially this year where all the circumstances around him aren't helping him get those lob attempts at a high enough rate for this team. Like He should be shooting 8 to 10 shots a game. He often falls under that mark in terms of involvement. But looking at this year, I know we had high, high expectations from him, especially John who pictures him as this – I don't know, borderline third piece alongside Jalen and Jason. I think the extra minutes, uh, the sustainability throughout a game where he's making a key play down the stretch there, really the icing bucket from Smart. Mm -hmm. Um, Rebounding, getting his hands on some uh, misses from Brown down the stretch, a key put back there, Uh, just involving himself so much down the stretch. And his defense does go so underrated. They're a much more stable defensive team when he's out there just because of his size and activity in the lane. So he's just been this super productive role player for you. And it all just depends on your expectations for him, I guess. Like if you were expecting him to be this all-star 10-10 Clint Capella level guy, which some people are, some people absolutely love this player, you're short on your expectations. But if you're I don't expecting think... him to be a 10 and 10 guy he's he's accomplishing that i don't think he's got a comp because he does he's different than a lot of people like Mm -hmm. there are things he does like his his passing is outstanding okay Mm -hmm. um he has terrific vision he has great hands really good uh just he has some really good sense you know uh and so he does things that you're like traditional big doesn't really do and we've seen a stroke that looks competent um not this year but i'm saying it doesn't look you're you're not looking at it and be like this is ugly why you know it's not it's not a hideous looking shot it looks like something that could develop into a weapon and so what you're looking for is growth because last year you saw the first year of him putting it together in a way that was like this could be something and Man, he makes plays out there. And again, you just talk about it. He cannot be judged the same as other players because what he does 
when he does it can't be done by any other human. So you can't just stack it as one good play versus one bad play. It's a play that no one else makes at all so far above, not just replacement level. It's above any level because only Rob can make some of these plays versus some things he still needs to work on. So if you stack those with a little bit more consistency across the board, you have a very unique sort of player. That's the thing with Rob. It's not just pretty good. Like, who is doing this, falling to his left, catch it left-handed, cross-court alley-oop, and dunk it over the back of his oh head? He almost like, had one after that last Nobody does smart. that. You know what I mean? It's like, that's a zero. Everybody else turns it over. or I mean, he does some stuff that's insane. So the rest of it is just some growth in the more traditional aspects of the game. A post-up move, you know. <laughs> just well, a little baby hook or something, something being able to catch square. And when they leave you open from the elbow, take that shot. You just want to see progression and, and, and those brain farts and those lapses. You just want to see fewer of them. You know, you want to see the butterfingers go away. Sometimes, sometimes he's fighting the ball still, you know, which I don't get because then you see him collect a pass in traffic, a bounce pass two feet away and, and put it up so he can do, he, can he almost killed Evan Fournier. Before Evan yeah. Fournier died on the ankle roll, he almost pulled the DeAndre Jordan in transition, flying over his head and just running Fournier yeah. over. So he it. can do some insane stuff. It's just something, just a little mid-range, a little something to keep it honest. The diversification. You know? Yeah, Sherrod talked about that. That's yeah. the key because can you throw 20 lobs a game? The defense adjusts. We saw it in the Lakers game. They hedge off these guards and – they seal him up there. They'll put a body on him more often, I'd assume, on those lobs, send him to the free throw line because his free throw shot is not there right now. So these are ways that I think teams in the second year of Rob becoming a known commodity in this league are doing to adjust for his game because he is a guy I think teams are probably starting to look at now and saying we actually have to account for this guy. I doubt very few teams were doing that last year, and many were probably caught off guard. I think Jimmy brought up a good point in the chat. Uh, I believe it was yesterday too, saying – this is probably the most basketball Rob's ever played in his life at this point, right? Consistently uh, in a condensed period here. You know, he's missed so much time through his first two years, and we know what the college basketball and whatever he was doing in high school schedules are like. This is a whole different ball game in a COVID, three games and four nights it type is. of thing. You so know- he's probably hitting something of a wall here. All right, guys, quick pause. We want to tell you about one of our sponsors, and that is INSA. We're welcoming back INSA. INSA. Yeah, exactly. It's one of Massachusetts' premier cannabis dispensaries, INSA, I-N-S-A. Their founders, Pat and Pete, they re-engineered the cannabis model uh, from what they sell to how they sell it. Uh, INSA dispensaries are inviting. They're modern. Uh, The staff are authorities on the science uh, they go in there. They can answer any question, difference between flowers, concentrates, uh, what you want to take for insomnia, anxiety, edibles, uh, hanging out with friends, whatever you want. They'll tell you exactly uh, what you need to fill your needs. Uh, world-class head chef there as well. And again, the founders, one thing we want to tell you about head them, they're chef. local. They're local. Uh, they're from They're from Western Mass. Salem. Yep. No. Oh, yeah. Located huh? in Salem, but there's a location in Salem. They're it's from to me. Springfield. Bobby yeah, jumped the gun because the, the Salem location <laughs> is near his Stop house. Springfield. But they're lifelong pals from Springfield. Um, there's a couple of uh, locations out there. One near the MGM Casino. You can also go to East Hampton, or as Bobby said, 
Salem. Salem. This is the thing. Not enough people took advantage of this. So we're going to tell you about the deal one more time. If you go there and you mention that the garden report told you to stop by, mm-hmm. you get a t-shirt for a penny. That's literally all you have to do. And then you get anything else you want there too. That's not on us, but the t-shirt is on us. One penny. You know what? And I have a couple t-shirts and they're very comfy too. So yes. go to in- get that green one. Otherwise, go to insa.com or call 877-500-INSA for any uh, inquiries you have about anything else uh, going on. But if you want the T-shirt for a penny, just mention the Garden Report. Go get yourself some. Once yeah, again, ha- have a good time. Yeah, have a good time. Visit the various locations throughout Massachusetts or go to insa.com or call 877-500-INSA. You don't think you could learn a thing or two from Cantor? You, you don't think Cantor could say like, hey, look, I have no athletic ability. So here's how you score when you're in close to the basket. You know? I don't want Ennis teaching Rob <laughs> anything. <laughs> Keep him away, especially on the defensive end. Oh, gosh. No, you're right. Offensive rebounding, positioning, and all that. But Ennis in this one, dropping rebounds too. What is These guys are in position and Ennis, bouncing right off their hands. And just missing putback bunnies left and right. But <laughs> the still, bunnies. Yeah. Oh. Ennis must be shooting 40% from the field. It's unreal too because you're, I mean, these are from a foot away, you know? I mean, they're like it, they're hard to miss some of these. I wanted again, to see, I want to see Bruno a little bit in this one. I was bummed we didn't. I thought this was a prime situation to at least see him play. They haven't seen him play at the NBA level yet with this team yet, so I don't know what is preventing him from getting in a game like this. But this was the chance for him, and he certainly did not get that opportunity. Uh, yeah. You know. We talked about him in summer league, looking like a guy who could bring a little energy off the bench, maybe in the third quarter there when things were going wrong. I don't know. Rob was good. Freedom was okay. And I guess that was enough for them at center with the wings around them and all that stuff going on. But uh, no, none of the G League guy here that they brought in, Justin Jackson, didn't see him. That was pretty much it for the bench, right? I'm just glad they didn't lose this because the Celtics were thin. The Knicks were like paper thin. They had nowhere to go off the bench. Uh, once you got by Burks, Fournier, and Kemba. And Randall, what a disaster he is, huh? No show. Yikes. Yeah, this is painful. This is painful. Massive is- extension, too. It is panic time in New York. What is it, eight losses out of ten? Uh, they're out of the playoff picture. None of their funny. guys look valuable. I mean, they clearly played uh, above expectation last year. So I-, I think anyone thinking that they were coming back, you know, the same or stronger – uh, you know, might have been a little bit overly optimistic, but I do wonder, and it's I, I, this is unfair, but you do wonder, like, how, like, if Tibbs has an expiration date and it's really a year, you know, because um, mm. the Tibbs system is friggin' tough uh, for some of these guys, um, and you know, he's just the least happy person in the world. Um, mm. you know, I'm not just- sure. I know we went, oh, how'd they do Isaiah like that? I really don't think what he did with Kemba went over well. You heard Kenny Smith blasting him. You heard it's uh, Jamal obvious. Crawford. It's obvious the Knicks players like Kemba, and they didn't like Everybody it, likes Kemba. Everybody. Everybody. They're so happy for him playing well tonight. That's a referendum on Tibbs. You know, that's a, that's a commentary on this guy, you know? Like, you know, they were clearly pulling for him, and it was a big moment for him to have a good game. They were psyched for him. So 30 and three quarters, Kemba was aggressive and just 
sharp in this one. Looks fresh, certainly, getting downhill. Nine games off will do that. Yep. But it looks like a guy that teams would want to have off their bench, and I'm sure after seeing this tape here today, a couple teams will be calling, I'm sure, here or there, $8 million a year. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I'd be interested if a pick's coming over. I see yeah, but his, his defense is so atrocious, guys. I mean, he's a great scorer, but my goodness. I mean, easy you're pass right. all day. Easy pass all day. Um, yeah, you're right. Those rotations were like slow motion, quicksand, whether it was him or Randall or Fournier. That's like the big three of bad defense in the NBA right now for a starting unit. It's uh, pretty bad. It's pretty bad. You know, I mean, look at that. I mean, even before before Kemba got benched, that those the the numbers for that starting unit. I've never seen a starting unit with it with so underwater uh, in their overall mm-hmm. net rating and their defensive rating. Freaking atrocious. Those guys, even when they were starting Kemba and Fournier went like eight games, 10 games without closing, you know, not playing entire fourth quarters. Cause Tibbs was so uh, upset with their, with their defense. So uh, it was pretty ugly. So again, anybody who's bummed out about the Celtics, you know, just, you know, spend, spend a, spend a day or two in, in, in Knicks fans shoes. Mm. Um, and you'll feel a little better about yourselves. Um, anyway, as we said, we are going to keep it a little brief guys. Final thoughts here. Uh, build off this. I mean, you obviously was far from perfect, but you got the win and you just need to just keep getting better. That has to be the mindset. Uh, Consistency with this team. We, we know not to expect it. I think we know it evades them and we're never going to expect it from them just in terms of our own expectations. But I, I thought Brown and Tatum turned the corner in terms of facilitating the last two games, and it, they just went right back to basics in this one. And I think the Knicks in some way trapped them into that with how easy they were to attack one-on-one, even when the Celtics were blowing it up in the first half there. I didn't feel great about how they were running their offense, and it certainly capsized in the third, and you had Tatum just taking some awful shots down the stretch there. Brown was a little bit better in terms of the passing and finding guys, they both need to be better and smart. Didn't help matters with some of the turnovers and smart looked like he just took tonight off. Yeah. I think a lot of this was like a snow out game. The seats were empty. Guys were missing mm. shots at the rim. Sloppy on the ball both ways. They're lucky and, to have won this game. Yeah. Oh, if they lost this game, we would have went over an hour. <laughs> well, one of the things that's helping us right now is the Patriots are absolutely laying a freaking egg uh, against Has the Colts. Have they scored yet? No, and uh, Duggar just got 20, ejected. 20 zip now? Yeah, it's 20 oh, zip. Went geez. for it on fourth down, didn't get it. Duggar and Pittman got in a fight. Um, John. They, what? You had to what? talk me out of starting Bourne. I didn't say I said nothing. I talked no one. I know out of you. You had you had to talk me. Out oh, of I it. should have. I, yes. I I've never. I would never. I don't use Patriots in fantasy. Um, you Where know. Where was this advice earlier? I don't know. It's just maybe you'll get. Rely- a, maybe you'll get a garbage touchdown. We'll see. The only smart play tonight was Stevenson, and they're down twenty nothing. They're not going to run the ball again. Um, so it's a bit of a mess, but. Uh, Pats are getting smoked. I guess uh, one piece of good news, Colts just missed a field goal, so it didn't get worse. But uh, their offense looks terrible right now. Celtics have the Sixers coming in on Monday, um, so that should be interesting. There's another team that's a mess right now. Um, Lay it on. 
Start to stake your claim in the East. The Hawks, too, can't figure it out. It is crazy. Defense. Like, mm. it's crazy when you look at the Celtics are in eighth, the eighth spot in the conference right now, tied with the Wizards and the Sixers. Um, and the and the Hawks are still behind them. So you're not just talking about catching teams. There's teams you expected to be in front of you that are behind you. And the Knicks, of course, but the Knicks might might not be what some people thought they were. Uh, Wizards look like they're free-falling. They won't be there much longer. Philly, you think, is eventually going to right the ship and get themselves okay. But, um, you know, it's a tight, tight, you know, tight Eastern Conference here. So um, stacking some wins together, especially heading into January where the schedule gets a little bit more favorable, is worthwhile. So see if we can catch the Sixers here. Uh, One program note for everybody. Um, check it out. Patriots post game show on Patriots press pass. If you don't subscribe already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Patriots press pass. We will be live. Evan Lazar is in Indianapolis. Uh, we're going to go live, uh, probably 30 minutes after the game. So if you're still up and you're watching it, uh, join us, we'll dissect what went wrong, or we'll talk about this incredible comeback that may or may not happen. We'll see anybody hopeful. Uh, no, not at all. Huh? I didn't like this matchup coming in. No. No, not hopeful at all. Anybody in the chat hopeful? <laughs> I don't know if the Colts. I don't know if I haven't watched the. I don't know if the Colts are running it on them, but that was my fear: is that the that crack in the Patriots. I feel like right now is the run defense. It's susceptible to getting burnt a little. But you saw in that Tennessee game, right? Um, they're not getting smoked. They got a block punt for a touchdown. That's one. Um, uh, there was one drive where the Colts really rammed it down their throat, but Max throwing a red zone pick and another pick. So honestly, it's not, it's bad. It's, it's, oh, it's uh, Max, it's, Max, meltdown. Max, Max having a brutal game and Bill started out. Um, Bill started out kind of out coaching himself a little bit in this one. Um, he was running a lot out of kind of light sets, you know, trying to catch the Colts off balance. Um, they're a fast defense. So they were able, they were trying to get to the edge and they weren't able to, so they were not getting anything going on offense. And before they had a chance that block punt, it was 14, nothing. And they were, they were just chasing now, Max, now they're one dimensional and Max throwing, and he's not making good decisions at all. Both of those picks were on him. 1000%, like a thousand percent baited into one of them and just another one same just a bad read um so uh, it's on mac we'll see what happens anyway check it out if you guys are into it head over patriots post game show thanks to sherrod and bobby over there in the garden always doing good work uh for us uh here at clns make sure you catch up sherrod you got anything written for tomorrow uh tomorrow not tomorrow weekend we try to keep the, the plate fairly clear on the weekends because most yeah. folks aren't reading on the weekends that's what um, they say. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. oh. Sorry. Watching a little, watch, trying to keep up a little uh, football. Anyway, go past. The, the plate is full over here. We got Tatum Brown passing stuff coming. I'm, I'm hot uh, on that trail, John. Do, I know. Do you have the BSJ piece? BSJ piece is going to be out tomorrow morning. Um, there's a lot of bad to add. It was all good in terms of Brown and Tatum's passing. I'm going to have to go back and add some bad clips in there after this so, one. Yeah, as we wanted to talk about, and again, the last thing I'll say here before we wrap, you know, this is something we, we, we talked about on our chat, how we were just making observations that doesn't seem, this is when Jalen was playing, Jalen and Jason ever passed to each other. And it was just something that that's what it looked like to us. And we're like, wow, this is weird. It's like, I swear they don't pass. And Bobby's like, huh, let's go check. And Bobby went back and looked at the tape. And the tape we looked at, they'd passed to each other three times. And then another time, it was one time. And Bobby went back game by game. Prior to Jalen Brown returning, how many times per game did you guys in, in the chat here think they passed to one another? The answer is seven. 
Seven, eight. Seven yeah. or eight total. Since they came back, it was Combined. 31. Uh, yeah. And then it was 31 and then 24. And then tonight, I don't know. And again, they weren't on the court a ton tonight together as Sherrod pointed out. So they were a little bit spaced out, but yeah, a little bit, a little bit of a regression. Yeah. And it's weird. Udoka wants to do that as well as help them start to play with each other. I I feel like you can't have both worlds there and you, you have to, I guess in this one with the rotation being as screwed up as it is, Uh, but you got to start to play them together as much as you can. And they did that on Friday. Well, I thought they Mm -hmm. did that on Monday. Well, they barely, Use yep. Brown bench. I don't know what they, they did tonight. It's been much better since Jalen came back. So it's clearly more of an emphasis. It was really not, it was non existent before. Oh, so. yeah. 31 on Monday, 26. And we'll get the numbers on this one, 26 on Friday. So it's it's way up where it should be. Yep, exactly. Um, so, yeah. So check that out. Bobby's got that coming up on BSJ. Obviously, you'll have something up on CLNS Media as well. Make sure you follow all of that and head over to Patriots after the game. I'm sniffing a comeback. It's coming. Uh-oh. All right. Let's get, born a, let's get born a touchdown. Let's and, get uh, born a touchdown for Bobby, okay? Check out the Pats post game show. Thank you for watching us, guys. We'll be back on the air in a little bit, so we'll 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 talk to you guys.